Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 159, and my name is Jeff. Tonight, DW... Good to be with you, man. You're looking good, feeling good. It's February, almost Valentine's Day, Yeah. which uh, I don't know. Do you have a Valentine? I'm assuming you have a Valentine for Valentine's Day. Well, I am married uh, 47, 37 years, so yeah, I do. And the reason I look good, Jeff, I think is because I got a haircut yesterday. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) The one over here. I always love getting my haircut and talking to those girls that cut it because I'm, you know, I'm 60 years old and I'm asking them, hey, what's in? And they just look at me funny. You know, it's like, do you really want what's in? Actually, no. I, why don't you give me the same haircut I've had for the last 30 years? And, you know? I think you should get a man bun. Yeah, well, I, I, I was, I, I was going to order one uh, online. I can order them from Amazon. I, I can picture it now. Yeah. Dave with the man bun. Yeah. And then a kilt. A kilt. And then I could get those little press-on earrings or something. Oh, I, man. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could be funky or whatever the word is. You could do uh, it for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it's how, coming up in a month. Yeah. I don't even... Yeah, I could. That'd be perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm getting so excited. It's just crazy. No, I actually... I want to look like Jeff one day. That's what I want to do. I, I, want, to, I want to have the hair, you know, and the whole... The young look again. And does it... Let me ask you guys something. Does it disgust you when someone my age tries to dress like someone your age? Not at all. No? No. Do you laugh? I enjoy it, actually. All right. Well. Yeah. So you should do it more often. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to get a pair of skinny jeans then. Please do. Please do. Go for it. Roll them up at the ankle. Yeah. And and you're going to have to help me get into them. You you and Jeff can hang on each side, and I'll jump in until I get into (laughs) them. That's right. We'll have you stand on the road. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we'll hold them, and you can just jump off the road. You know what? The the whole sight of this, me bulging out of those things, you know, this isn't pretty. (laughs) Nobody wants to see me in skinny jeans, I promise. Nobody wants to see those calves, right? No, nobody wants oh, to. Oh, man. I, you know what? Here, here's how old I am, though. My, my wife, she bought me jeans that were just regular fit, and I usually like the, the relaxed fit. So I call those my skinny jeans. Nice. Because, because they're regular fit. They're, they're not quite as baggy as my other ones. And, and so I'm kind of hep. You're hep. <laughs> that you are. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's it's good to do your own thing, and it's good in this new year. If you got it, you got to rock it. But hey, tonight, let's talk about our topic of conversation. There are a few things that, uh, as you go through the years, we've been kind of talking about this Initiate series the last month, and and as we look at our faith, we look at our journey, and, and there are some things that are frustrating. And I'm talking about the things that, you know, you feel like you should be able to master. Like if you're, if you're in God's family, why do we struggle with doubt? Why do we, you know, why do we struggle with being double-minded, as, as James calls it? Um, why do we struggle with the same sins? Dave, I don't know if you've ever been in that spot where 
you've had the the same struggles. Not just talking about you know maybe struggling with lust, but you know even lying. You know if you've had an issue with lying in the past, or you've had an issue maybe with using you know coarse joking things that you know guys are known to do. But some of the struggles with repeating the same sin, and then you find yourself over and over asking God for forgiveness for the same dumb thing that you just apologized for last week. And then one more thing, apathy, which tends to get guys pretty regularly where we find ourselves in a mode where it's just kind of like, meh, you know, it, eh, it's just life. It, it just goes on and you get to this point in your faith journey where it's like, does stuff really matter anymore? And Dave, I don't know, have you ever struggled with any of these things or is this just kind of a wild thing that Jeff has struggled with through the years? Is that like you're asking me if I'm human? Maybe. You know, because, you know, every, every human struggles all their life. This, this whole thing that we're in is a war, and you struggle to the day you die. So you need to learn how to struggle. And, and actually, I tell people, enjoy the struggle. Learn, learn how to struggle and enjoy it, because otherwise, you're going to beat yourself up for the rest of your life. So learn how to do it. And learn how to do it in a healthy manner. Maybe we could talk about that, you know, during the show. Yeah, we're going to ask those questions of why do I struggle with being double-minded, as James talks about in chapter one? Uh, why do I re- struggle with repeating the same sin? What do I do about that if I'm struggling with that same sin that I've been repeatedly asking for forgiveness about? And then apathy. Joining us tonight also on the show, Jason, and we're going to start this conversation tonight on Twitter. So if you have a question, a thought to share, or something just to add into the dialogue tonight, join us on the Tweetback tonight. Use that hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio Tweetback, and your comments, your questions are so valuable to us on the show. So let's kick this conversation into high gear here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also there, you can chat with a live coach anytime. Just visit HopeNet360.com slash help. And there, you can talk about life, talk about stuff happening in real time. We have live coaches available on our website. HopeNet360.com is the place for those conversations. Jeff, DW, we got Jason back in studio with us this week. And we're tackling three issues this week on the show of struggles in our faith. One of them being, and we'll talk about this right here in this segment, is double-mindedness. James talks about this issue that we that some of us, most of us, will probably face at some point in our life, which includes doubt, but being double-minded. Uh, the second thing we're going to talk about is repeating the same sin over and over. And then thirdly, we'll talk about apathy. So, guys, as a former teenager, now into my adult 20-somethings, 30-somethings, you know, it seems like this problem does not go away. I thought when I was a teenager that I would I would finally get some relief from struggles of some of the same sins that I was dealing with over and over. And one of them was that I, I struggled with doubt. I struggled in my early years as a Christian, a Christ follower with wanting to follow Jesus, but then also not sure if I could, you know, how to walk that out, how to really have faith in God that he was going to come through. There were things that I wanted for my life. Like I wanted, you know, a significant relationship. I wanted, I guess, different uh, achievements, you know, whether it was academically or, you know, with my sports, my athletics. So there were some things that as a teenager, I was like, am I living by faith or am I just living, 
you know, my own thing. And so this struggle with being double-minded, you know, doubting God's ability versus trusting my own ability in my life. And it seems like as an adult, that really doesn't go away. I thought, you know, I would just be at this point where, man, I could just trust God with everything. And, and here I am, I'm still, you know, working this out, like struggling with, you know, can I trust God with this? Uh, or do I just lean on my own strength, my own understanding? Have you guys ever dealt with this? You know, what's interesting, Jeff, is I think that you're talking about something that, that really doesn't change because we're human and you're talking about personality more than you're talking about struggling with sin. We all struggle with sin, but we do it differently Okay. because we all have different personalities. And that's something we have to understand. Every personality characteristic, I mean, if, if people classify themselves in all different ways, they can take different tests and you can, you know, you're an introvert, extrovert, whatever. There are people that will always struggle with confidence. They will always do that. There are others that do not struggle one iota with confidence. They have to be held back. One struggles with pride in one way. One struggles with pride in another way. It, the sins are always going to be there and always present themselves. And what happens is the strength of our personality eventually can become a weakness as well. What you do is the body of Christ. You know, when God talks about the body, it's all different parts, isn't it? And, and they're all unified. Yeah, but they depend on each other. And that's what we do as a church. You know, if I'm one that, that, that struggles in one area, maybe I should be around somebody who doesn't struggle in that area, and they can help me see things that I don't normally see. And, and, they will, and then I can help them see things that they don't normally see. Instead of, of trying to just justify how I am, I, I can go and find somebody who does it differently than me and be with them. You know, I love doing radio with you and Jason because you're another generation than I am. And, and I don't see that as difficult or bad or strange or hard. I think, you know what, you're going to see it differently than me. And every once in a while, I'm going to say a word, make you laugh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I get to see it differently than you, and you get to see it differently than me, and that's a good thing. And, and what we do is we put it together and can try to come up with some, some ways to help people. And, and that's how life should be. So are you saying then that's not really being double-minded if I'm just kind of you know, struggling to trust God or... Double-minded really isn't a personality issue. It's really more of a, of a commitment issue. You know, when I got married, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, in fact, last night, I, I run a youth club. We had a guy there visiting, and I brought him up, and he's married to one of the, the ladies that, that's there. And I said, hey, are you married? He said, yes. To who? To her. How long? I forget, it was 27 years. I said, you plan on staying married? <laughs> I do this with the kids. I, I just do this with the kids all the time because I want them to see people that do plan on staying married. Yeah. So he said yes, and I kept questioning him. You know, what am I doing with him? I'm putting him in front of people and giving the children an example of somebody who stays committed to somebody. See, a double-minded person says this: Yes, I'm going to commit to you. Sign the prenup agreement. <laughs> see, that's a double-minded person right there. They're saying, yes, this is my commitment, but I'm making provision for another way. Hmm. And that's when you see double-mindedness, that's, that's what it's talking about. So remember in the Bible, it tells us not to make provision for the flesh? Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so those who love God, but they make provision for the flesh, they're double-minded. And see, that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about, because it, it seems like the flesh doesn't go away. No. You know, as much as we want to die to, and we're going to talk about this, this the, the next issue is struggling with the same sin, but the idea of being double-minded, uh, I find that that's, that's something that is a constant, it's a constant battle. 
And for many young people, it's like you want to do the right thing, but then, you know, we're tempted on, on many different fronts. We're tempted with many different things. Uh, even just the simplest choices that it seems in life, we choose, you know, instead of choosing what God would have us to do, we decide, oh, I'm just going to indulge in this and it's going to be okay. I can ask for forgiveness later. And, and, and that, for some reason, that's a tendency. Do you want to feel like doing right all the time? Sometimes I want to feel like doing a lot of things that I don't feel like doing. Yeah, that's, you know why we want to do that? Because we let our feelings direct us. We're so not used to doing what we should do if we feel like we shouldn't. And it's like, have we ever learned that our feelings don't direct us? Really, that's what does it to us. It's the feeling part. I mean, haven't you guys ever, you know, do you practice just saying no to yourself? I do. I do. Yeah. There are times you have to because there are things that, you know, you would rather do that you you know. Yeah, so some people listening to us today are thinking, practicing, no to myself, that's stupid. Well, you're not good at it then. Yep. I mean, you're just not good at it. Because there are times where someone's going to cut you off in traffic and you're going to want to take your tire iron and beat their hood off. You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there, there are times. And, and, and I would suggest don't take a tire iron and beat their hood off. I, I mean, right. sit there and look at yourself and go, what did you think that for? I mean, it's not like I can take feelings away from me. Mm-hmm. It's okay to acknowledge them. Yeah. Just don't let them run you. The issue of double-mindedness is, is, is when we do realize there's a right, but we make provision for the wrong, and therefore we can do either. The word like inconsistency or fickle even comes to mind as, as I think about double-mindedness because I think that's, that's where it is. It's, it's almost like you, you have faith, but even as Dave was saying, you're kind of in the back of your mind giving you a way out. You know, It's almost like when you're faced with temptation— and you're debating on whether or not to fall into it or not, and you're having that conversation in your head, you know, it, it's not taking the steps to it fully eliminate that temptation, but you kind of leave it in there. It's like, well, maybe I'll just leave it in there so I can give in. You know, and I think we constantly need to speak truth to ourselves. And, and we could talk that, about that as, as the show goes on, but, you know, it's, it, I think it's our frame of mind, you know, I'm, this is obviously double-mindedness, but keeping our mindset on the bigger picture that'll help speak truth into our own lives, I think would help. Let's talk about that when we come back here on the show. Join us tonight on the Tweetback. Share your thoughts. Have you struggled with being double-minded, you know, trusting in God, but then also trusting in you? Join us on the Tweetback. Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Dave, what a great conversation. It's So far, it's been helpful for me because I, I've found myself, you know, even lately, there are things that I look at in my life and I'm thinking, you know, I'm really not doing, I'm really not following Jesus as close as I did in the past. And this is just me being real. I mean, there are times where, you know, I felt like I've had a really strong relationship with God. I'm doing my devotions. I'm, you know, I'm spending time with him. It's not just like religious obligation, but it's like spending time with him. And then there are times where, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself, you know, th- maybe things are happening in my life that are a little bit maybe concerning or that I'm focused on. And so I tend to do the human thing where I begin to rely on my own strength and, you know, being double-minded about trusting God versus trusting my ability. The second issue that I want to talk about, because a lot of this is paralleling together um, with these two things, the second thing that we struggle with, I think all of us at some point are going to struggle with, is the struggle with the same sin. You find yourself, you know, when you've, you know, become a Christian, many times there's a laundry list of things that we've had to ask God for forgiveness for in the past, help 
and grace to work through issues that I currently have. I don't know if you found this, guys, but I found it in my life where when I stop focusing on those issues and I kind of compromise here and there, I begin to see how, you know, those same sins, those same struggles that I've had in my life, they kind of creep back in because for one reason or another, I've allowed some of my guard to go down. And so when we talk about dealing with repeating the same sins and and that, it, that could be a big hangout for a lot of Christians, feeling guilty and feeling ashamed for, you know, committing the same things you've done over and over and that you've tried to work through and and try to find forgiveness from God for. And, and then we're going back right to it. Yeah. So how these two things parallel with being double-minded? Um, Dave, you've been talking about provision, and I want to talk a little bit about this because I think a lot of what maybe I struggle with, maybe those that are listening to the show this week have struggled with, is the idea of making provision for the wrong things in life. In your friendship pool, if I can call it that, do you tend to hang out with people who share your dreams and thoughts and ideas and and are more like you or people who challenge you? Both. Kind of both. That's unusual, believe it or not. Because most people push away from those who challenge them. Mm-hmm. And eventually, as they get older, they have everybody around them that thinks like they do. And they have nobody to challenge them anymore. Hmm. See, the, the, the problem is, again, within our personalities, we all have these great strengths, but we all have tremendous weaknesses as well. If you're fortunate enough to marry someone like I did that's totally opposite of everything that I am, you have someone the rest of your life to challenge you on everything that you do. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she doesn't challenge me like a critic or anything else. It's just I know she's thinking different than I am. What does that make me do? It makes me rethink it while I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and, and what happens, unfortunately, is, you know, if you're a Democrat, you hang out with Democrats. You're a Republican, you hang out with Republicans. If you're independent, you hang out with independents. If you like Donald Trump, you hang out with those who like him. If you don't, you hang out with those who don't. You know what I mean? It's, and before you know it, you just keep reinforcing. And you know what? What's really weird is you begin to think the whole world is like you. <laughs> and, and that anyone that's not is, is like way out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody thinks that. So I think the whole world is Swedish. It's like, you know, I'm Swedish. My wife's Swedish. We, we all love bland white food. You know what I mean? You know, that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. And, and that's not true. Then I go and I sit with somebody and they put red hot sauce on things. And I look at them and go, what did you do that for? I don't hang out with people that do that. So all of a sudden my, my world is broadened, you know, and, and that's what's important because everybody should have people in their life that that they know cares about them and would challenge what they think about things. That helps bring perspective in our life too. You know, as we talk about double-mindedness, as we talk about even even struggling with the same sin over and over again, you know, I think Satan uses that just to get us in the spiral where it pushes us further and further away from from God. And and we've talked about we mentioned, you know, making no provisions for the flesh. You know, that's in Romans uh, chapter thirteen, I think. Can um, you almost say it a different way? It's like making no forethought for the flesh. If you struggle with the same sin over and over again, you have to think about it and be honest with yourself and say, all right, if I struggle with this over and over again and, and I keep allowing myself to talk myself into giving into this temptation, what situations am I most apt to do this? Right. Try to have no provision for the flesh. So take yourself out of those situations before you're even in that situation. Yeah. You know, but that takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy but, and a lot of work on our part, but that's part of faith. But somebody needs to be in your life sometimes because right. you don't see it and ask you about it. Right. You know, for example, I was listening to an older guy who was rich and he was talking about people who are greedy and he just kept telling them, just give their money away. Give it away. Right. Now they're all looking at him like he's a nutcase, <laughs> but, but he was honest. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what he's saying. You can't 
get rid of this problem if you hang on to what gives you the problem. Right, right. You know, you watch too much television, don't go out and buy a, a 90 inch and put it on the wall and then say, I don't know, man, I watch way too much television. And if you did, go ahead and feel free to send it to me. Yeah, send it to Silverbird Trans. <laughs> we'll, we'll use it in some of our media stuff. But the, the, the bottom line really is, don't make provision for something you struggle with. It's so important to have accountability, you know, especially if there's something that you struggle with over and over and over again that voice of truth from somebody that can ask you the hard questions. And now, obviously with that, you have to be willing to, to honestly answer those hard questions. Yeah, you need to have them over to your house. You need but to have them over to your house. That's and, part and of just, doing life on life is yeah. having that, that outside encouragement yep. to, to help you run the race. Absolutely. So what about this, guys? Last question before we go to a break. Do you think that God continually forgives us as many times we have to repent for the same sin over and over? Or does he get to a max threshold where he's like, okay, I just can't forgive you anymore. What do you think? I think if you're going to play a game with God, you're in trouble. In other words, if you come and say, you know what, I don't really want to deal with anything, and I'll just count on you saying, you know, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. I think God knows your brain, and so that doesn't make any sense to anybody. Yeah, I think there's the intent behind it, you know, because even Paul talks about that in Romans, you know, so if grace abounds, does that mean I should sin? So grace abounds all the more, and he says, by no means. Right. You're not getting it at that point. Yeah, if that's forgi- your mindset, you're yeah. missing the whole point. Yeah, forgiveness comes you know, because of honest mistakes. Right. And and if you are in a situation where you're struggling with the same sin, but you want to do something about it, there's a difference there. And, and there is forgiveness there. And, and there's no end to that forgiveness. But it, it takes that heart attitude in the right direction to want to pursue Jesus as opposed to saying, well, you know, I got my get out of jail free card in the sense of I'm going to heaven. So I'm just going to keep on doing this and sort my life out later. That's That's not the right understanding of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Godquestions.org has a great article on this. We've included it into our show notes tonight, but he talks about Jesus' response to his disciples. And and Jesus says this very pointed thing in Matthew chapter 6. He says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. God and the things of this world are such are of such opposite natures that it's impossible to love either one completely without hating the other. Those who try to love both will become unstable in all their ways. If someone struggles with being double-minded, he or she should read, study, and memorize the word. For it is the word of God that produces faith, according to Romans ten seventeen. And he or she should pray for faith. God freely gives what is good to those who ask him, as we see in Luke 11. And it's good to ask for an increase of faith. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference to their small group works of confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us here tonight for this conversation this week. And if you miss any part of this conversation, do subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. 
Check out hopenet360.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Pretty quick, pretty easy. You can find all of the past episodes we've ever done on HopeNet Radio right there at your fingertips. So, Jeff, DW, Jason, having a great conversation this week. Some of the struggles that many of us face, we're tackling three of them this week. One of them is this struggle with being double-minded. We talked about the passage, uh, that this whole phrase, double-mindedness, comes from the book of James. Actually, it's the only book in the Bible that talks about being double-minded, yet there are so many examples of people that were double-minded. Take Peter, for example, Um, just one of the various people. There are so many different people in the Bible that have been double-minded. So we talked a little bit about that. Uh, We've also been discussing just before we went to break on repeating the same sin over and over and then asking forgiveness for it. I don't know if this is a struggle for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. Third one that we have to tackle in this part of the conversation is about apathy. So uh, many different reasons for apathy. But before we dive into that topic, just to close up where we were on the repeating the same thing, Dave, you brought up some really good points on provision for the flesh. Just touch on a few of the things, recap the struggle that we have with, with struggling with the same sin over and over and over again. How do we how do we get away from making provision for those things? What are some ways that you would do it? As we get into apathy, we'll be able to even cover it more because what happens is we've made so much provision for so long that we don't even see that we need to change anything. Mm-hmm. And it's got us by the throat. Jason, you, you mentioned uh, a passage in Romans that says don't make provision for the flesh, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Also, right here in James, the, the first chapter, 22nd verse, it says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. In other words, don't make provision. Don't make provision. You keep making provision and you wonder why you struggle. I keep walking in mud and I can't figure out my, why my shoes are always dirty. You know, I mean, all right, let's walk around the puddle. That's as simple as it gets. There, If you are struggling with something over and over and over again, you're human. Your personality will be bent towards struggling in that area. And if you keep making a way for it, you know, if you are, are trying to lose weight and you keep cupcakes on the counter, you're going to struggle more. Mm-hmm. Don't buy the cupcakes. You say, well, legalist, okay, put them on the counter. You're going to lose because it's not a matter of legalism. It's just a matter of practicality. You need to be able to say no to yourself and quit making it hard to say no to yourself. Yeah, yeah I wish that it was easy as you could just coexist basically with all the, the various things. I talked about you know, in the break, Dave, where maybe you struggle with eating out too much, eating too much unhealthy food. So the way that you drive to work or to the gym, even, I don't know, wherever you go, maybe you have to find an alternate route. It sounds kind of dumb and and oversimplified, but sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it just means that we have to be intentional about avoiding those things. Maybe you watch too much TV or movies, you know, and you have a Netflix account and maybe we're just thinking, well, I got to cut the cord. I got to cut this bill off my paycheck and and stop spending money investing in in Netflix or whatever streaming service you use. So, and maybe it's getting rid of the TV entirely. I don't know. But if there are things that we struggle with, this is the hard thing for many of us to do because it, it means loss, right? It means that we have to actually probably physically get rid of something. It's really easy to talk about it, but it's it's harder to actually get rid of it. Yeah, it seems like loss, but you gain so much. It's kind of like when you get married. You don't date anymore, mm. you know, and actually you're far better off. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. How, 
It's not that difficult to grab. The only reason it's difficult to grab, I believe, is because we just really want to make provision for it. And others that make provision for the flesh, we surround ourselves with them. They all say, yeah, it's okay. I mean, you're just human. I mean, that's the way it is. And, and then you get someone like myself challenging you, and you say, well, he's just kind of you know, stuck in the mud, old and legalistic. So we'll just go listen to these guys. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, you're going to struggle down the road because you just made provision for the flesh. That's all. It's not rocket science here. It's pretty simple. The third one we want to tackle on the show this week is about apathy. Apathy tends to be a way that I deal with things or cope with certain things that I find are out of control, not in a way where it's necessarily unhealthy, maybe more of a defense mechanism. Maybe I'm just overwhelmed with some different things. So the relationship with God part of it where I feel guilty, like, oh, you know, God, I haven't been spending time with you. It's kind of the same thing where you told somebody you were going to call them and you didn't call them. And it was important that you did call them because they wanted to follow up with you. And then you feel guilty over and over and, and you're like, ah, I should call them, but then I have to apologize. And it's, I don't know why this is in my mind, but this is how it works in Jeff's world. So I'm just being real and honest with you guys. I don't know why this is. Help me out, guys. What would you say to a young man who's struggling with apathy? There's really two things that cause apathy, I believe. One is you honestly believe you can't do anything about the situation, so you don't care. Hmm. So you just live with it. So that's one reason people are apathetic. And really, we're not going to, I don't want to get into that. It's a whole program on itself. Let me ask you guys this to get to the second reason. Have you done things in life where when you started doing them the first time, you had really good reason and now you do them, but you can't even, it's just routine and you don't really think about them anymore? Like you go to church. Mm-hmm. There's a routine at church, isn't there? Yep. there there's a certain routine. Mm-hmm. When you first go to church, this routine is, is somewhat cool to you. And, and But now you go and it's boring as all get out because what's happened is something that had a really good start mm-hmm. for a really good reason has become something you repeat over and over and over again. And now it's lost its meaning. Yeah. So what do you do about that? You think? Yeah. Do something different. Do something different. I, I mean, that's all really, sometimes that's all it takes. You know, if you do something different, if you always read the Bible silently, read it aloud. If you always read the Bible in, a, in one chair, go to another chair. If you always read the Bible, listen to it on, on something for a while. Do something different just to shake it up a little bit. It's not because we all do this. We get into these routines, and before you know it, we're, we got into them for really good reasons, so we're not condemning the routine. It, it's just we think we're condemning the routine. Mm. So, so when I go in and I sit at a, a church music worship time, Sometimes I'm thinking, I don't want to do this. Why? This is so routine. It's not doing anything to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to do something else. And when I say it, it's like, oh, so you're condemning this. No, I'm, I'm not condemning it. I'm, this is how we started, and it has really great reason. But it's not accomplishing it anymore for me because it's routine for me. And, yes, maybe I'm just mentally not able to move, but that's how it's going for me. So I would say change something up. Don't change the purpose, just change up the method. All right, when we come back, there's this interesting passage, Dave, that you brought up before we started in the show tonight from 1 Samuel. Very interesting the way that the author in 1 Samuel talks about the sons of Eli. We're going to talk about this when we wrap up the show tonight here on HopeNet Radio. Plenty to go before that. Of course, join us on the tweet back tonight. If you have a thought or a question or something to share in the discussion tonight, you can tweet us. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show 
hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to Take 5. It's five minutes where we're going to ask something of somebody about life and its purposes and challenge your thinking. So we're going to take five minutes and do that. Today, we're going to talk to Jason. Jason Kemper is the program director at Silver Birch Ranch. And this past weekend, he spoke to... 200 students. 200 high school students. And what I'd like to know is, what did you want them to hear? I mean, summarize it for me. we got five minutes. What did you want them to hear? Absolutely. You know, the whole weekend was about re-energizing your walk with God, your relationship with God. Because many of us, you know, and we've all had these excuses, feel like we're spinning our tires, like we're not getting anywhere. We don't hear God. We don't feel God. You know, we see other people growing and we want that, but we don't know how to get that in our lives. It comes down to five simple things. And so if you're here this weekend, it's a great review. If not, here's five simple things you could take away if you want to re-energize your walk with God. First and foremost, you need to spend time in God's word. Now you're like, wow, Jason, that's profound. I've heard that before. Well, the reality is this, is that the reason it is so hard for any of us to get in the habit of reading the Bible is because it's the very thing that Satan doesn't want us to do. Why? Because the more that we read the Bible, the more that we get to know the heart of God. God speaks to us through his word. That's how we hear God. That's how we grow close to God. That's how we are transformed by his word. And so we need to do that. Now, you might have the excuse of, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to read. The great thing is that we live in a culture that has a lot of ways to help us. Many of you have a smartphone. You could pull it out right now. In fact, you might even be listening to this on your smartphone. There's an app out there called Read Scripture. It's put out by Crazy Love Ministries, and it is an amazing app that will help you get in the Bible every day. And not only that, it's interactive. There's videos. It can remind you each day at a certain time, hey, read this. And it doesn't even take that long, and it walks you through the entire Bible so you can see who God is. And so if, you want, if you're just spinning and you want to grow, read your Bible. The second thing is this, and this app will help you with it too, is to spend time praying with God. I think we need to quiet ourselves in a, in, a, in a culture that so often destroys our lives in terms of noise and craziness and busyness. We need to make sure and take an intentional step to make time for God so that we can talk to him and listen. Share your joy, share your frustrations, share those things in your life that you just are struggling with. Because here's the thing, he already knows it, but sometimes sharing that with him allows us to open up our hearts to him so he can speak truth into our lives. And so make sure that you're reading the Bible and praying. Those are the first two things. And the third thing is this. You need to put people in your life that can ask you the hard questions. Many of us call those accountability partners or close friends, but you need to have those people that are like-minded, your same age, that can, that can be a friend that asks you the hard questions, but not only that, but can remind you and point you to the truth. Because this is a race that we're running. And as we go through the ups and downs of life and, and even the ups and downs of our faith where we feel close or distant to God, they're the ones that can remind us that we're living this race, that eventually one day we will be reunited with Jesus. In the, in the face of temptation and hard times, we need people that can surround us and help us and encourage us so that we, we remember the truths of Scripture and that when we're pursuing God, He always has our back. And so make sure you have somebody in your life that is asking those questions and encouraging you. It doesn't have to be many people, but somebody that you can be real and be honest with. The fourth thing is this, put somebody in your life that's older than you. You know, they live life longer, and so they've been able to learn more about God in their lives, and they've experienced life more, and oftentimes they want to share their experience with you. Why? Not so that you don't miss out on life, but so that you can do it without having to make the same mistakes that they did. I have a mentor. I'm 31 years old. I have somebody older in my life that's investing into my life, helping me see life from a different perspective so that I can not only learn more about God, but so that I can be successful where I'm at. And, and that's important, is that you can have somebody that can show you a different picture of who God is in your life. And the fifth and final thing 
is then look at your life and see if there's anybody younger than you that you can pour your life into. Because there's a truth and something unique about the fact of when you put into words the things you're learning about God and teaching that to somebody else, it solidifies it in your heart. And so as you learn things about God, sometimes it takes teaching that to somebody younger that helps you learn it all the more and start living it out. Because as we do that, it's that whole process. And look at the life of Jesus. That's what he did. He had the disciples. He had people older than him. He had people younger than him. That's the model of ministry he set up. And so if you're spinning your tires and your walk with God, those are the things I want to challenge you to start doing because it takes intentionality. You have to take a step of faith in order for God to do something in your life. Very good. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening to Take 5. This is the leadership team of Relate 365, a division of silverbirchranch.org. Remember, God is older than you, smarter than you, and loves you. You can trust him. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Jeff, DW, Jason wrapping things up this week on HopeNet Radio. Guys, what a great conversation. The the different things we talked about this week on the show, specifically related to double-mindedness, our struggle with doubt, our struggle with, you know, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's that's one of the things that's holding us back that we decide that, well, I can't really trust God with this, so I'm going to do it myself, my own way. We see so many examples in the Bible of how that does not work out for us, yet for some reason we believe it's going to. Well, that's the struggle. That's the human battle going on, our, our battle with the flesh. The other part of that that comes along with it is struggling with the same sin. And we've talked about provision, how we have to intentionally not make provision to feed our flesh. Idle hands create idle plans. We know this story. Many of us know the story of Moses and his wandering in the desert with the million or so people, uh, the Israelites leading them out of Egypt to the promised land. And so they're walking in the desert and, and Moses goes up to the mountain to experience God and to, to hear directly from God. It's where we get the Ten Commandments from. God gives us his perfect law in that moment. He comes back down from the mountain and here are all these idle hands creating idols, this big idol calf. And so we tend to do this in our life. Uh, John Piper has this quote that, that basically we are idol factories. We create idols out of anything. It doesn't have to be just food or, or some of the struggles that we find are commonplace, but it, you know, it can be video games. It can be, Dave, you talked about smartphones, how sometimes we have to make provision to not, you know, maybe we get rid of our smartphone and take a dumb phone over a smartphone. I don't know, but provision for the flesh seems to be very, very common. And this third thing, Dave, apathy. And you, you got, you gave us one reason why we begin to be apathetic about life. And that is because we feel like stuff is just out of our control. Life is, is going too fast. Maybe things are happening in our life that we would rather avoid. What was the second reason that we become apathetic? We start things and we have good reason for what we start routine wise, but eventually the routine just becomes something we do and it loses its meaning. And in James, even the 22nd verse of the first chapter says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Hmm. What happens after a while is we actually substitute the routine. So I'm going to church. I'm listening. I think, wow, what a good boy am I? What we need to do is apply what we just heard. And maybe in our younger life, we would do that. We, We would work at applying those things, but we aren't applying them right now. In life, we have to be careful that the routines don't become something that caused mundaneness in our life. And if so, we need to admit it. Um, when young people make a decision in life, I usually ask them to go home and do something different. And they look at me like I'm goofy. 
And, and I mean it. Go home and do something different. Your whole home, your whole environment reinforces the habits that you have right now. Go move your bed from one wall to another. Go do something different. Change your toothpaste. I mean, something. And every time then you, you will go, you will say, oh, yeah, life is different. And you'll be reminded that it's different because you've done something different. Mm. You brought up one passage that I wanted you to touch on, and that was from 1 Samuel. I think it was chapter 2. Can you talk about how the author of 1 Samuel talks about Eli's sons? In the second chapter, the 12th verse, it says, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. You don't hear that a lot. No. They were worthless men. And then there's a period, and there's another sentence. They did not know the Lord, period. What I find in life is that the answers are not as complicated as we make them. In order for me to live a life that has meaning, I was made to know God. I was made to love God. I was made to not be separated from Him. And God made me a certain way. It is wisdom for me to figure out how I was made and to know God and to live under His direction. That's wisdom. Not legalism. That's wisdom. If not, I may just end up having a worthless life, a life that amounts to nothing because I didn't live it the way it was intended to be. And that's important to see. And they can go read it in First Samuel. It's very interesting to see Eli's sons had opportunity taken from them. And it was given to Samuel, who had to learn to hear God's voice. And he did. Three times he missed it. The fourth time he got it. Why? He was learning. And anyone out there that's listening to us can learn to hear God's voice. You need to read the Bible. You need to be around people that know God and learn to hear his voice and respond to it. Then all of a sudden you're you're thrust into a real life that has meaning. This topic is very near to what's kind of been going on in my head lately just because I talked about it last week at Winter Jam, struggling with sin and the things that keep us back from growing in our walk with God. And and the imagery that I use to kind of keep my mind on the bigger picture is is this imagery that's used throughout Scripture about the fact that we're running a race and, and, and we're called to persevere in Hebrews that, that kind of talks about that. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us put aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with patient endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the originator and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's been very real for me because a few years ago I ran a marathon and that totally changed my perspective because when you run a marathon, I mean, it's 26.2 miles first and foremost. And when you're not a runner, that's a long ways to run (laughs) like myself, which is ridiculous. But knowing like the mental conversation that I had in my head the entire race, like there were moments where I literally thought I was going to quit. Um, and I wasn't even halfway yet. And so you would have these moments where things were going great, but then it's like within a split second that would change. And you're like, this really is horrible. Why am I doing this? Like, this is painful. There's no point. And I think we, there's a lot of parallels to our own walk with God in that, you know, because we have high points and we have low points. And sometimes we forget what we're doing. But in order for me to finish the race, I had to keep in mind that, you know what, there was a finish line. And at that finish line, I could stop running. But while I was still in the race, I still needed to run. And let me tell you, that imagery and and going through that has helped me even in my walk with God. Why? Because that's the mentality that we need to have. You know, if we struggle with the same sin, we need to do something about it. You know, if the temptation is there, you know, just like running the race, the temptation was always there to quit. And I easily could have quit, but I didn't want to. Why? Because there was the finish line. And in our walk with God, the finish line is Jesus. He's coming back. I mean, he endured the cross joyfully for us. And that's the amazing thing. And so in the moments where we get disheartened, 
or we have this this mindset of double mindedness or ap- apathy, we need to make sure that not only ourselves but there's people in our lives that can remind us of the race that we're running, and and whether it takes changing things up so it's not just the everyday routine that we do, or do something to re-energize your faith so that you have the joy to to um, to to live for God. You know, not every day is gonna be happy go lucky, but that doesn't mean that you can't joyfully do it. I think we connect our our faith with our feelings so much, and and our faith often is dependent on that, but sometimes we just need to grunt through it. You know, just like in my marathon, I had to grunt through it. Was I happy all the time? Not necessarily, but it was totally worth it in the end. And I, and I would look back and I'm like, man, I'm glad I did it. I definitely commend you for running marathon uh, because that's definitely something that I've yet to do or <laughs> have a desire to accomplish. I'll do it in a wheelchair. You'll do it in a wheelchair, of course. <laughs> a l- electronic one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a go kart. But it does. It does do one thing, and it definitely teaches you how to actually beat your flesh. Absolutely, and not in a way that it's destructive, but in a way where it commands that you you submit. Yep. I mean, that's the that's the hard part about being human is that our flesh wants and, and has cravings and and everything else. In Psalm fifty one verse eleven, I want to leave you with this thought tonight, and I want you to go as you're listening to the show. I want you to go from this show and read Psalm fifty one. But in there. David writes these words that I think are very profound, maybe will help you overcome the apathy that maybe you're feeling in life. He writes, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. That's Psalm 51, verse 11 through 13. Check the whole chapter out. It's really great. That is all for us here on the show this week. You can find the show notes and download these and past episodes for free by subscribing to our podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat, the tweet back is going 24-7 at hopenet360.com or just by using the hashtag HNRTB. You can also follow HopeNet360 on most social platforms by using hopenet360.com slash connect. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye. Later.